0: to Moms in Baseball. I'm Stephanie
1: and I'm Diana. It's that time of year where everyone's talking about politics but today we're going to talk about politics and youth baseball. This topic was actually suggested by one of our listeners because she thought that newbie parents may be surprised to learn about all the politics that can be involved in even a small town youth baseball team.
0: Today we have stories from three different moms relating their own experience with local town politics and baseball. If you have your own story or experience that you would like to share, we would love to hear from you. Email us at momsandbaseball at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook or Instagram. It's called Moms and Baseball. Up first, we're going to chat with Joanne Ignatius.
1: Joanne is calling from Mississippi, and she has another story that we'd like to hear today about her own personal experience with politics and youth baseball. So welcome, and you go by Joe, right? I go by Joe, yes. So welcome, Joe. We're so happy you. to have you. Thank you. <laughs> welcome, Joe. Thank you. So we'll let you just go ahead and tell us about your experience.
2: Okay, um, we got into baseball through a rec team and um, in 7U, and um, and then through that, coach from my rec team, he said, would you like to start a travel team? And we did the whole 8U travel team experience. It turned out it really wasn't what we were looking for. Um, we were, were kind of lucky with the team. We had three fathers on there that had all played in, um, one had played at Ole Miss, two had played at Mississippi State, they played SEC baseball, and one had actually been drafted and the other had actually been drafted as well and gone into the MLB. So we had a lot of experience. Um, they sat back, you know, sort of experienced the 8U team with somebody else and then decided they, you know, they wanted to get together to coach their own team. Um, so we called the head coach at the end of the season in the spring and said, we, we enjoyed our year with you, but we'd like to go and do our own thing and um, held open tryouts. We never made any calls to anybody. We did a pretty good marketing campaign on Facebook. Um Got to the tryouts, we had, I think, something like 36 kids turn up. And that was kind of during COVID too. Um, you know, we've been shut down for a while and uh, had a lot of kids turn up. And we were able to then call 12 back and say, if you'd like to be on our team, we would love to have you. So we formed a new team and um, we got practicing and uh, we entered our first tournament and we decided to enter a local tournament here in Oak Grove. Um, at our local park and we got in the tournament about two weeks before it was actually to be played um got signed up and then uh the Wednesday before the tournament was about to be played you know that's usually when they they call and they give you the, the you know the poor play sort of thing right we got a call from the the tournament director and he said uh there's two teams that uh, won't play in this tournament if you guys are playing and so it, my husband, he got off the. We were kind of a bit shocked by it, and um, we didn't know what we'd done wrong. I said to my husband, "I was like, this is kind of like a naughty child. We can't give in, you know. We have to sort of. We can't say, okay, we'll just drop out." Um, so we called back and said, "You know, we don't want to drop out. If possible, we, you know, we'd like to play." And um, the guy said, "Well, no, we're we we're, we're checking you out because these two teams won't play, and it won't make if." They don't play. We, it won't make if there are three teams. Um, and Joe said, Well, my husband said, Well, you know, why? And he said that um, we knew the two teams. And, and fortunately, four players had come off one of the teams, five players had come off one of the other teams. And um, one of the head coaches, our old head coach, um, said that the wounds were too fresh. And uh, he said that he wouldn't let his new team play if we were playing and the ultimate problem with this in in my view is that um he was also the president of the local park um where the tournament was being played so he had ultimate leverage to just kick us out and the unfair thing was you know the, the, the boys were looking forward to playing against each other. This was a they've been seeing each other at school. Like, I can't wait to play you. They thought the whole thing was going to be great and fun. And um, basically, a grown man said no. <laughs> the wounds the, the wounds were too too fresh for him, and uh, that he we were not going to be able to play. And the old the other ultimate crux was we looked at we were a nine U team, um, the eight U division, and the ten U division both of those divisions made with um only three teams. So the whole thing was just absolutely they did not want us to play. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. So it yeah I don't know. It was tough. It was rough on the boys more than anything. They couldn't understand why their head coach would do that. And we kept, in fairness to us we kept it secret from them um and then it kind of got out and then they told each other and and then finally, they, you know, they were like, is this true? Did this happen? And we were like, well, yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> what am I going to tell you?
2: Right, <laughs>
1: right. And didn't you say this was going to be their first?
2: Yes, this is the crazy thing. This is the very first nine-year tournament. We had never played kid, kid pitch before. Um, they'd never pitched before. And then and, and that was one of the other things that we, why we kind of pulled away from that head coach that we were with last time, is that... He had problems with his older son having arm problems and he would go well past the pitch counts that my husband and the two other coaches felt were not reasonable. Um, And and we weren't prepared to have our boys put in that position and being put in pitch counts of, you know, sort of 80 to hundred pitch counts on a weekend. It was just not at nine U. that was not what, you know, the coaches wanted to do.
0: Yeah. They have those guidelines for a reason. (laughs) yes yeah
2: uh, we 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 played in a tournament, our first tournament this weekend. We actually got to play in nine years. oh nice, and how did it go? We won and, and oh, the, good it was really cool, and we beat in the final one of the teams that refused to play us the first time good. um which was kind of cool and uh and, and and through this whole diversity of these boys' base. They celebrated with like dog piles. It was Aww. almost like the whole experience just brought them together that they knew that there were people rooting against them for, for nothing that they had done. Mm-hmm. And it just brought out the best in them. It, I mean, it really did. It really sort of solidified the team, which is a hard thing to do when the boys have been together maybe a month, you know? That's great. So, yeah,
0: but we'd never played and they didn't want to play us. And it was just like, well, we, we might be terrible. <laughs> right? Yeah. You were like, this is a brand new team. This is a brand new team. Wow.
1: Yeah. And like you said, it wasn't the kids. The kids love playing against their friends and yes. their, you know, the kids they go to school with. It's, it's not the kids. It's when the coaches make it about you know and
2: and that was that was very apparent this weekend too because when we played that team in the final the kids all took pictures together afterwards it was really cool and I I, it was just a shame you know there there was obviously two grown men that just couldn't just just couldn't get over it and do something for nine nine nine-year-old little boy eight and nine-year-old little boys yeah you know
1: well, I'm glad that you guys had such a good weekend though, so. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It up to it after you had to sit out the, the
2: first weekend you planned on playing, probably made it. Yeah. And, and the, the crazy thing was that the tournament that we were checked out of, the tournament director came back to us and said, well, you can play in the ten-year division if you like. And we were not about to put our boys to the slaughter. <laughs> like that, right. You
0: know? Right. <laughs> Seeing as you didn't even um, know, you were like, come on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, their first time pitching. <laughs> mm-hmm. First time pitching. And, you know, and they were still making mistakes. Like, they didn't know they had to stay on the base. And, <laughs> I mean, they, you know, they didn't have to keep their foot on the rubber. And, you know, they were like, they weren't quite sure when they were supposed to walk or when they weren't, you know, the drop third strike. I mean, it was, it's been, it is tough. That transition from eight U to nine U, especially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, from the, from the coach pitch to kid pitch. So it is, it's a big step. And I do want to say too, the, the, the tournament organization, when they found out what was going on, they called my husband and they made it right. And they were, they were phenomenal. Oh, good. Yeah, so and they were you know looking into the problem at our local park and um, they really made it right. Um, they've been so welcoming to us. And I, I, I wanna get that out there and say they were tremendous organization. It's just the one tournament director and, and, and the park there.
1: I'm curious, because we're talking about politics and youth baseball, you had talked about a couple other things that you had experienced that I hadn't seen. In- yes. It was related to um, large organizations in your area and them being like affiliated or practicing at certain parks and how that translates to tournaments. But maybe if you'd be willing to talk about
2: that a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had encountered something um, in the 8U with with our old head coach that is the president of the park. And we were new to travel baseball, so we didn't understand how things worked. Um, There were seven teams in a tournament in the 8U division, and the bracket play had been set out for seven teams. Then we played the pool play, the seven teams played. And then after the pool play, they broke it down into two brackets. And... We're a fairly small town at the time. There's, I think there's two and there's a third organisation trying to get off the ground here. And there really is not enough people in this town to support that kind of thing. But anyway, the one organisation had called the tournament director and said that we will not be returning on Sunday if you don't break this down into two brackets. And I think at the time we had finished fourth in the pool play. So we would have hopefully got to play least two more games. Um, But then they turned out to break down the brackets and we were all of a sudden up against the number one seed. And we were terrible last year. I mean, we were really terrible. (laughs) And it turned out that they rent the fields from that park. So the park was then in a position to go, well, we really want them to continue renting the fields from us. So they did as this organization wanted them to do and split the two brackets.
1: I'm trying to make sure I understand this. And, and what they had it in it for them, I, There was there like an A bracket and a B bracket? But just there was a winner of both. But like one had the four better teams and one had the four weaker teams. Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. And they were one of the four weaker teams. So they wanted to be in a second bracket. So they had a chance to win.
2: Yes, they were actually, they were one of the three... In the in the bottom bracket, the one of three teams, so they actually went straight into the championship final. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ev- everything, of course, marketing on Facebook was that they had won the silver
0: in the division, and they may have not actually won a game in the whole tournament. <laughs> yeah, well, that doesn't even make sense. You have the loser bracket, and then your winner bracket. So those number one and two and three teams, and then the loser plays <laughs> that winner. You, you you would think so. And our head coach told us that's normal; it happens over the, all the time. But when the
2: more I spoke to people and they say, no, if the brackets are set, the brackets
0: are set before pool play. They don't change after pool play. Yeah. No. So. Yeah. Travel baseball people take rules very seriously and you yes. need to have those rules set in place before you start the tournament because they take them very, very seriously.
2: Well, apparently we didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, We were the gullible ones that went, okay,
2: our head coach said this. Yeah,
0: because you don't know. You're like, what are you telling us to do? Oh, that's horrible.
1: At the very least, when the schedule comes out, you should know exactly what the bracket is going to look like. If not, before you sign up for it. I feel like certain teams either would go out of their way to sign up for tournaments that had those two brackets or like a gold and silver division, and a lot of teams would completely avoid those. Yep altogether because in my mind that's the beauty of it is you want to you want to beat the best and if you mm-hmm. get stuck in that yes. like, second bracket like you can't you don't have the chance to do that right
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And, and basically this was a large organization that had a ton of teams that sent a lot of money to
2: this
0: yes to the fields and yep. they didn't want to lose business that's unfortunate yes
2: yeah so it's been a learning curve. We're, we're learning, but we are lucky now. Uh, we've got a really super little team together and we're not a big organisation. We, you know, we, um, we've been able to bring on anyone that was talented enough to try out, op- open tryouts with us and, and make the team and it's anybody from any background. Um, nothing is stopping them from playing our team, which is kind of cool.
0: That is, that's great.
2: Except, well, I said nothing's stopping them from playing our team, but apparently other teams are stopping us
0: from playing. (laughs) Hey, take it as a compliment. Take it as a compliment. Yeah. Brush it off. Yeah. Good.
1: Before we let you go, Joe, I guess this could be looked at as maybe a positive in local baseball. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to talk a little bit about what your cul-de-sac put together over quarantine, because I just love that story. Yes, what can happen when people come together as opposed to um, try to keep kids away from playing baseball?
2: We're very lucky. We live in a little neighborhood that's got a lot of children and they've been out there playing like wiffle ball and they put these plastic cones down and, and one of the children had slipped on the cone and my husband was just like, you know what, it's really kind of dangerous, those plastic cones on the concrete. He said, I'm going to paint an infield or paint some bases. And so we painted the bases and then he was like, I'm going to paint the infield green. And I'm thinking, (laughs) you know, this is going to kill us. (laughs) But he went ahead and did it and it turned out everybody loved it. So we took these pictures of this painted infield and and, and I put it on Facebook. And um, I'm actually private on Facebook but my friend said, Joe, you've got to make this public. This is such a good story. And I just put, if you paint it, they will come. Uh-huh. And um, so we put it out there. It was shared over four and a half thousand times. Nice. Yeah. And, and literally every night during um, quarantine, the kids would ride their bikes down. They would park their bikes in the player parking section <laughs> and, um, and, and play woof woof woof. And it was very funny because everybody that saw the whiffle ball was like oh my gosh that poor house in their field that poor house in their field it's going to get its windows thrown out this poor guy well what we didn't say is that actually it was the home of Brian Dozier of the um Player off the Washington Nationals team last year that lives in that house. I don't know why he's living <laughs> in our neighbourhood. <laughs> he has the coolest wife and um, baby girl Reese and, and another one on the way. Aww. And he would come out and he he throws to the kids. and um, he'll come out and play pickup football with the kids. So um, oh that's he, so he cool. This whole thing and. We made it on Barstool Sports. We made it on Mike Rose, um, uh, giving back to the thing. It was just the coolest experience ever. And um, I say for these boys to have um, Brian Deja in their back garden and was really cool. And, and he comes out and helps with our team a little bit. And uh, he's amazing, amazing man. Oh, that is so cool. It was a cool quarantine. We made, we made the best of it.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> you did. And I remember I actually had seen that on Facebook. So that kind of came up in our conversation the other day. And I thought, oh my goodness, that was you. I know exactly. I saw that. That's, that's really cool. I'll have to share some of those pictures. I'll steal them if you don't mind. Definitely. Yes. That's great. I love that though. Cause you know, we can talk all day long about all the negative things that can happen in small town baseball politics, but you know, there's some pretty cool things that could happen when we come together too.
2: Yes. What was amazing too, there was not a bad comment on that Facebook post. Everybody was so supportive, and it was lovely just to see, you know, because I was worried at first with people go, Oh my gosh, you're not quarantining. I mean, we quarantined as a little neighborhood. The kids never went outside the neighborhood, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But everyone was so positive. It was really a neat thing at such a difficult time. Very cool. And I, I want to just say one thing too, we were living in Mississippi where the rates, where the rates of COVID were, were virtually next to nothing, by the way. So we
0: were, we were not being irresponsible or anything. It was not like we were living in the middle of New York City or
2: something, no. we were at very low rates. You
0: were in your own neighborhood. It's your own bubble. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you stayed in your pod, you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kept saying that I wish we had a neighborhood like that. So then I could send my boys out. Cause I was like, you need to get out of the house yeah I
2: know yeah it was great I mean they would go out in the morning and come out you know come back in the evening it was perfect because it was not not an easy time for any of us and we know we're missing their baseball and it makes me sad that I don't live in a
1: neighborhood we don't get to do fun stuff like that (laughs) no that's great well thank you so much for talking with us and sharing your story Joe. we really appreciate it well thank you for having me yeah. It was a delight. And I love, I love
0: listening to you talk. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Diana kept going on and on about it.
2: <laughs> I know I did. I was like, you're just going to love her voice. <laughs> I say, I just, I love your podcast. They are so entertaining. I love the white pants thing. That was tremendous. It's what we're all going through. Oh, you girls are great. Thank so you. I wish you all the luck and thank you so much for hearing my story. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. It was nice to talk to you. Me
1: too. Now we're going to talk to Amy. Amy is from Texas, and we're going to let her tell us a little bit about her story um, about moving to a new town and just kind of political type issues that she's dealt with in her local All-Stars and local travel team. We're just going to let Amy kind of start from the beginning and tell us her story. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm actually from Oklahoma, and we moved to a little town in Texas about seven years ago. My youngest son was six when we moved. Um, He's very into baseball. My oldest son had already um, graduated from high school when we moved, and he played baseball all through high school. But that was in a small town in in Oklahoma where we're from. So moved here in Dawson. All he wanted to do was play baseball. That was great because the town we moved in to actually boast that they are the baseball capital of Texas. So we're in the right place. We thought, of course, the town we're from in Oklahoma, they had Little League, but it's not, it's not the real Little League that you have here in Texas. And so I had to learn the difference we went through, he played T-ball his first year here and um, no all-stars, you know, and then you kind of hear about, they make a big deal about all-stars down here. Like <laughs> I'm talking our 10 year old all-stars that someone got them a limo to drive through town and wow. they make banners. Fancy. Yes. I mean, it gets crazy and everybody paints, <laughs> okay. everybody paints their cars up and, you know, to boast that their child um, is on the all-star team. So I, I found out quickly that there was a political system to getting on the all-star team. And so I quickly got involved with the board and first was just a member and then became the uh, vice president of softball, actually, before I left. And of course, immediately I got on the board and Dawson made the all-star team. And that's exciting. Cause like I said, it's a big deal here. They, they make a huge deal and he loved that. So the first year was great experience. The second year was great experience. The third year, it's kind of hard to explain. We're on the travel team that's here in this town. Everybody wants to be on and you get the two age groups. So it was nine year olds, 10 year olds. And, uh, the coach for that all-star team happened to be the dad of one of the 10-year-olds. And Dawson set the bench a lot. And I questioned what they were doing and why they were doing it. And I know it's like a typical mom. You want to you want your kid to play. But I was right. told those 10-year-olds were a lot better than the nine-year-olds. Now, here, because everybody's either on all-stars or on this particular travel team it filters across you know from the all-star team to the travel teams and that last year I was uncomfortable with that situation and we got beat and I don't know like the second round I guess and uh this is when all this happened about why isn't Dawson playing and all that so all-stars is over because we got beat the team that beat us the coach had his, his travel team out of college station. And so he called and wanted Dawson to come practice with him. So I of course asked Dawson, you know, what do you want to do? It's about 40 minutes away. So it was, it's going to be an extra, you know, thing for me having to take him a couple of times a week over there. So yeah, he wanted to go see what it was like on another team, And they, we practiced and you could just tell the difference in him. He had more confidence. He was more relaxed. I felt like, and so they made a big deal about him coming over. Like we got there for practice. They had a water bottle with his name on it. Every kid knew his name. And, you know, these were all kids that go to school in Bryan College station. And so the coach really made a production of it. I think when we left, he, he asked Austin, he said, I, if you want to come back and practice, we'd like for you to do that. So we talked on the way home and he wanted to go to this other team. And that was a big deal. Like as soon as they did it on the computer, put his name on the other team, the coach from the town we are from is calling, wanted to know what was going on. And I was on my way there to talk to them and tell them that we were going to another team and they were real nice and were telling me that if he ever wanted to come back, that would be great. You know, he, they didn't really understand, but they were nice to me about it. But people would turn away from me at Walmart or the grocery store because I guess it was um, against the rules <laughs> to leave this team. <laughs> and, and so we're in this town and luckily Dawson has very thick skin and he just takes whatever and it doesn't really mean anything to him. And, you know, I'm not from here, so I guess it wasn't too much of a big deal. We ended up playing our old team three times, I think. We won every time. Dawson hit a home run on them every time. Nice. Yeah, it was. I mean, I didn't even go the first game. I mean, he's gotten really close with this new coach's family. They only have one child. And so they take him a lot of places with them. And I was like, I can't go. Because it was very stressful just Mm -hmm. for these people that you've been with for three years. And, you know, when you're on a team, it's like a family. And I guess they just felt like that I betrayed them or whatever. And so the first time I didn't even go, I just, you know, watched Game Changer and, and, uh, you know, sit biting my nails, waiting on him to do something great. And (laughs) and he has excelled. And I can't even explain to you like last weekend our tournament we played five games Dawson hit five home runs wow in the championship you know he's had a pitching coach since he was 10 and this new pitching coach he's very very good he has he was a, a pro scout and um kind of a college recruiter and uh He texted me and said that Dawson is the youngest player that he's ever had to throw 80 miles an hour strike. Wow. Not just throw 80 miles an hour, but, but actually be strikes. So he's very much excelled on this new team and the old team this year happened to fall apart. One of the players from that team come and asking to join our team. And so that's been a good thing. We have, so we have another kid from here. Dawson's not just the only one from here. And so it's been a great experience and it's, I think it's good to change sometimes when you're in those stressful situations because you're not, um, you're not in a good place and Dawson wasn't in a good place and he's just more comfortable now. And I, I can't explain it, but when you get that way, you just have to make a change sometimes.
1: Yeah, I totally understand. Um I'm curious. First of all, I want to mention because I don't think you said he's 13, correct?
3: Yes, he turned 13 in May.
1: Okay. So, I just wanted to put into perspective uh, yeah. the story, 80 miles an hour it makes a difference how old he
3: <laughs> Yeah, is. he's 13 and
1: uh he made this change a couple of years ago or how long ago?
3: this fall it would be I guess 3 years three years, he's, he's made the change. So he was on the old team for, I think, two years and then moved.
1: I know there was one other thing I was curious about, and that is you had said originally when this happened, people were kind of turning away from you or almost shunning you because you left mm-hmm. the town. Yes. Was a few years ago, though, what is it like now with people in town?
3: Those people still don't speak to me, but you know, he's in seventh grade now and we're getting close to that high school age. And like I said, this town boasts, you know, they make a big deal about their high school team also. And um, now it's been just little whispers and talks about making sure Dawson stays. I had this one guy from the team. He texts me and told me that he started a petition and wanted to know if I wanted to sign it. And I, I texted him back and I said, well, what is it? And he said, it's a petition that Dawson stays in in Brenham to play high school baseball. <laughs> and was I he laughed. joking? <laughs> yes, I think he was joking. He did, but it's kind of that way. It's it's really surprising to me. Like even when we moved to Bryan, even we didn't move, but when he started playing for a team in Bryan College Station, I mean, there were so many coaches. Going to this new coach and saying, "Hey, who is this kid from Brenham? Why is he coming over here? And you know, is this just big deal?" And I just, I had all these people texting me wanting him to try out for their team, and we didn't even really do that whole tryout thing. We just went over and practiced with this team and ended up moving to it this team that I'm we're on now. Is kind of, I guess, what you would call independent. It's not one of those big clubs where they have teams of every age group our team is just our team okay um so it's it's we're a very close group and um you know we get over there as many times a week as we can even i mean we do christmas parties sometimes we do halloween parties you know it's just very close but it's been a great experience and for me i'm a single mom have five boys and dawson's the youngest and you know, I played sports in high school and I know how important it is to find that team or that coach that you actually connect with. And, and that's what I wanted for all my boys, because I think it's positive in their life to have someone like a coach or something, um, you know, to be close to, or to learn from, or to watch. And I'm just lucky and blessed that we found the right coach.
1: I agree, especially because you didn't even seek him out. He kind of found you guys. Yeah.
3: Right. Like my sister loves to say, um, you get to choose who speaks into your child's life because that's what they're doing when they're kind of mentoring them is they are speaking into their life and, you know, giving them life lessons and hopefully making them better adults someday.
1: That person that's spending, they're spending so much time with that coach that, who you choose to be that person for your child is very important.
3: Yes. Yeah. My sister, her husband's a pastor. And so kind of like me, you get to choose who is um, doing that for your child. And you kind of have to be strong enough to say, okay, we need someone else when we need someone else and um, take them and make those choices for them until they're old enough to make the choices for themselves. Right.
1: And I think in your case, it's unfortunate that your first experience or Dawson's first experience wasn't as positive as it could have been. He was an outsider and you kind of had to yeah. play the game, so to speak, join the board. I mean, joining the board is great and getting involved. Yeah. <laughs> but you hate that you would have to do that in order for your yeah. be, you know, looked at as somebody that yes. made the team and maybe he was overlooked in certain situations in terms of playing time because he wasn't, you know, a coach's kid or maybe he wasn't part of the, right. You know, the click that's been together for a certain time period, but for him to find it when he did or for them to find him and for everybody to be happy. Right. And click. I like that. Your
3: st- little story has a happy ending. Exactly. Like we talked about too, me being a single mom, um, Sometimes, in as a man, the coaches, you know, they say, "Oh, you're just a woman. You don't know what you're talking about." And you know, no one's asking me to coach first base, you know, because and his dad's not there, so you can't get involved that way. And you're the team mom. You might bring snacks and all that stuff, but that's all you get in. And I, like I said, I played softball. I played sports, and I'm into them right now. Like. I was a little freaked out. I'm coming in here to talk to you guys while the Astros are playing. <laughs> and so <laughs> at least they're up five to one. So I felt comfortable taking some time off from the
0: game.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was rude of me to schedule it. I didn't even think about that with you being in Texas. Duh. Yeah, Diana.
3: <laughs> That's okay. I, I'm like, they're winning. So I'm good to go. I'm going to go hide in the closet. Well, we,
0: we kind of like the Astros because they have Justin Verlander
3: we still claim him as ours.
0: <laughs> he was a tiger.
3: We're just hoping that he comes back from the surgery. I don't know. Yeah. You know,
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see.
3: But you know, like I'm saying, we're just women and who's going to listen
0: to us? Yep. Yeah. You're just the mom. You're right.
1: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: We are the best advocate. So thank you for doing that.
1: Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today.
0: You're welcome.
1: And maybe we'll be able to talk to you again at some point.
3: Yeah, anytime. I've enjoyed it. Like I said, I think we all need that support. Sometimes we feel like we're alone in certain situations. And it's nice to hear that we're not alone.
0: Absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Amy. Thank you so much. So after hearing Amy's story, kind of the takeaway that I got was that they felt more comfortable after that change. And I really really appreciate that she said that because if you're not in a team and you're not happy there like you should go find somewhere else and and if that club is is a bigger club and you're worried that your son is not going to get noticed like do not worry because if your son is good and you're going to go far they will notice you so you want him to grow the best and have the the most positive time while he's playing baseball at youth baseball, that he can, and so make that experience as best as possible. What do you think, Diana?
1: I agree, and I I think a lot of people get caught up in the idea, like the grass is always greener on the other side type mentality, so some people may be too quick to jump situations, but in this case in particular, if you don't feel like – It sounds like just from the beginning, they didn't really necessarily click with this team. If you're not with your people, you have to spend a ton of time. Yes. So you you want a coach that's going to be a positive influence and is going to believe in your child. You want your son to have fun and be clicking with his friends and you want to be able to Get along with the parents and know that if at some point in time you have a difference of opinion you aren't going to be shunned at the grocery store by those people that you guys can still
0: my goodness that's probably means you're not on the right team absolutely and we've discussed this before like diana drives about an hour just there to our team we drive about a half an hour Um, we have other teams in our area, which is very nice. We are very lucky that we have travel teams that are in our area. And then also if we go towards Detroit, which is another two hours for some of us, there are many, 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 many more teams. So we do have many, many options in Michigan to play if we're not satisfied or even if it's too competitive. Like your kid is starting to get burned out and he doesn't want to play that much baseball. That's fine. Find a better fit and go to a different team, you know, someone that's going to support you and that you you feel your vibe. 100%. We have one last story to share about
1: a mom that had her own experience with local town politics, and she preferred to remain anonymous, so Stephanie is just going to read the letter to explain her experience.
0: Background on my family. I have two kids, an almost nine-year-old boy, and a seven-year-old girl. My husband grew up playing ball, and I can't even walk and chew gum. My son has played since he was three and has a pretty good grasp on the game. He isn't the best, but he is very good. We played on the same team for three years, six seasons. This is all rec ball. We were actually friends with the coach and his family. My husband was the assistant coach only because he was asked. We actually already had a sour taste in our mouth from the league and were signed up to switch to a different league, but they asked my son to play on their team with all of his friends, so of course we said yes. As seasons went on, I could tell a lot of people just weren't my people, but again loved the coach. I considered the coach's wife a good friend, and we spoke almost every day about everything. Well, in the spring, they decided to merge our two best rec teams to make a select team. My son made that team with all the kids from All-Stars, a few of which were very undeserving, and they put them at catcher every game but never played there at practice. He had always played second or short before this. I sat by myself, so never kissed butt or confronted the coach about this position, <laughs> but was nice to everyone that spoke to me. They held tryouts for the team for the fall, and of course my son didn't make the team. But the best part is that all I got was an email with the roster and no explanation as to why, or no call from my so-called friend to let me know or check on my son. Mm. And all the kids that made it, their parents all happened to hang out, drink, and go out to dinner together. It's fine now. I think we as parents hold on to more than the kids do. Now my son plays on a team that values him as a player and has really built up his confidence that was knocked down by a few dads that think their kids are the best. The long of the short is that it seems to me, in a particular situation, that if I didn't tell one person in the group how great their kid was or worship the ground they walked on, then we didn't seem to get far. Diana, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Okay, so I think a lot of people are more than likely going to be able to relate to this story. It sounds like a lot of her frustrations could be labeled as quote-unquote daddy ball, which could be an entire episode series in and of itself. Absolutely. Um, I think the thing that stuck out to me the most, that I was the most disappointed in, was the fact that not necessarily why her kid was cut, because that's so hard as an outsider looking in to determine all the reasons that could go into that for sure i'm sure you know she has her reasons and she could absolutely be 100 correct but again all we know is is what she sent to us but the way that he was cut is so disappointing to me it sounds like he's a young player he's played on this team for six seasons she's best friends with the coach's wife um and that doesn't necessarily mean that she should get special treatment but they should be treated like human beings and and for something like this, it's very disappointing to me that they would not have had a face-to-face or at the very least a phone conversation with, you know, the parents and or the child. Yeah. Um, I I know every league is different and coaches are trying to avoid this conversation because it's a hard conversation to have, but I, I can speak for my husband and brother and I know what they do. And if they were to cut a child, well, first of all, let me back up before we even get to that point. They like to have exit interviews with all the families on their team. Awesome. And basically just to let them know where they stand, how they thought they did that season, what areas they could look for improvement. They ask for feedback from the parents about what they could do to improve and what the parents' thoughts were. It's kind of a two-way conversation. But if they had a child that was on the bubble, I'm positive that as a courtesy to them, they're going to let them know at the very least you know the spot is not guaranteed you know that here's some things that he really needs to work on or here's what we're looking for here's our concerns going forward so if they are cut hopefully it wouldn't come as a complete shock but when that happens there would be a conversation with the parents with the with the child and i just know it me personally I feel like after that happened, if I were the coach's wife and were good friends with this person, yeah, I can't believe that I wouldn't follow up and see how they were doing. And um, I would be hurt. Yeah, I would definitely be hurt. So my heart breaks for them a bit for this situation, and I really, really hope that the reason for cutting wasn't because they weren't part of the clique. But with that said, I know that that absolutely happens. Um, And we just had this conversation in our previous interview with Amy, and it's that if you're not on the right team and you haven't found your people for your child or even for your family, then you probably need to go somewhere else. And so it sounds like they found a much better situation, and I'm sorry that it had to happen the way that it did.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I agree. It sounds like he, he is doing better from the letter and he's gaining more confidence. And that's all we ever want for our kids.
1: It is. But I think that's all we have for today.
0: So thank you so much to everybody for listening. If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to our podcast and give it a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. The subscriptions and ratings truly help us. Also, you can like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is <laughs> Moms in Baseball. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just get a kick out of that word. Sorry. <laughs> On deck for next week is a truly special episode. You're really not going to want to miss this one. We're interviewing a special guest to tell his journey about going all the way from not making his own high school JV team to later playing college baseball Baseball at a Division one school. But until then, have fun at the fields. We'll see you next week. one second I'm so sorry <laughs> I locked the dog up but I can't stop her from barking this so. <laughs>